When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome one and all, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. And ladies and gentlemen... I want to start off tonight with some great news about our financial system. We still have one. (laughs) Over the weekend, there were some doubts, thanks to the rapid implosion of Silicon Valley Bank, which last week collapsed after losing all of its money in just 48 hours. I don't see how a bank could lose all their money that fast. Why don't they just attach the money to those chains they put on the pens? (laughs) Then they can't... It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad when the very first time you ever hear of a bank is when they're going out of business. But should have seen it coming from their slogan, Silicon Valley Bank, we will be missed. (laughs) Here's the thing about Silicon Valley Bank, and one of the reasons maybe you hadn't heard about it, it's not what we think of as sort of a normal bank. They didn't have a lot of small depositors. They had a lot of tech startups with large amounts of cash that the startups needed to transfer someplace until they withdrew it later, meaning the SVB was sort of like, um, like, a, like a Venmo for Dropbox, or... Uh, <laughs> no, it was like a TaskRabbit for PayPal. No, it was, um, it was, it was like a grinder for Grubhub. Whatever. <laughs> it was... It was... The point is, it, it, these tech startups had accounts that were so huge that they were too big to be federally insured, and on Wednesday, it was revealed that SVB had invested these massive deposits in Treasury bonds, which had lost value when the Fed raised rates, which they had to then sell at a loss to cover their deposits, sparking a run on the bank. And I'm I'm being told we have footage of what a run on a bank for tech startups (laughs) looks like. You're thinking of this place all wrong, as if I had the money back in a safe. No, the money's not here. Your money's in a smartwatch for dogs. And yours is in an energy drink for ghosts. With over $200 billion in assets, this is the second largest bank failure in U.S. history since the collapse of Washington Mutual in 2008. It's 2008 all over again, baby. (laughs) Banks are collapsing, flip phones are back, and Hillary Clinton's got the nomination locked up. (laughs) But there's no way Obama's gonna take it. Hussein, come on, Hussein. Then just two days later, after the second-largest bank collapse in history, we got the third-largest bank collapse in history when regulators announced that New York-based Signature Bank had also failed. Yeah, but it failed in the greatest city in the world. (laughs) If you can't make it here, you can't make it anywhere. Now, don't you worry, guys. New York is a land of opportunity. You just grab yourself an Elmo head, head out to Times Square, (laughs) and you shake your furry moneymakers. We'll be back on top in no time. (laughs) 
To stop the spread of uh, financial panic on Sunday, just yesterday, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen announced the feds would fully reimburse the bank's customers using cash from the deposit insurance fund, which has over $100 billion in it. A Treasury official says that amount is more than fully sufficient to cover SVB and signature depositors, but NPR reports that now the fund is going to be pretty depleted. So we're totally fine as long as we don't have another crisis. It's like the fire extinguisher says, in case of emergency, tough luck. You used this last year. Make your peace with God. <laughs> and the, the flames... The flames are your friends now. Oh, no. Oh, no. In addition, federal officials are auctioning off Silicon Valley Bank, and they are pulling out all the stops at the auction. They even got one of those inflatable Janet Yellens. <laughs> President, she looks good. That looks good. <laughs> President Biden addressed the crisis this morning. Every American should feel confident that their deposits will be there. Your deposits are safe. Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. The bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Not as comforting as he imagines. <laughs> no one wants an unexpected call from the babysitter that goes, the kids are safe. You can have total confidence that the kids are safe. Rest assured, your kids are safe. The bottom line is this. All kids have all fingers, and the toaster oven is nowhere near the bathtub. All Americans should know. Because it also, also a little unsettling, Biden gave the speech at 9 a.m. Presidents never speak that early. Biden speaking at 9 a.m. is like your parents calling you at 9 a.m. Oh, God. Either somebody's dead or the Internet is down. <laughs> I'm going to have to fly to Ohio to press a reset button. <laughs> speaking, of, uh, speaking of failures, we have an update on Mike Pence. <laughs> Seen here. Wow. <laughs> Seen here thinking about napkins. Mikey P. gave a speech to journalists at the annual Gridiron Sex Club dinner, and he came out hard against his old boss, saying, the ex-president was wrong. I had no right to overturn the election, and his reckless words endangered my family and everyone at the Capitol that day. I know that history will hold the ex-president accountable. Okay, that's cool about history and stuff, but could the Justice Department hold him accountable? Or... Or... Or maybe... Or the Manhattan District Attorney or the Baskin-Robbins Birthday Club? Anyone? Anyone alive now? Because Mike Pence isn't going to do jack squat to help. Just last week, he asked a judge to block the special counsel's subpoena for his January 6th testimony, arguing that serving as the former president of the Senate essentially makes him a member of the legislative branch. Okay, technically kind of true, but barely. <laughs> that makes as much sense as saying, for your information, I'm a member of the United Mileage Plus, so legally I'm allowed to land the 747. <laughs> Give me the keys. <laughs> there are no keys? Okay. <laughs> of course, it wasn't all January 6th. Pence had some fun, told some jokes, even did a bit of an impression of his old boss. Hello, it is I, the godless president. I would like to order another cheesed burger, please. 
Now for my Robert De Niro impression. Hello, I'm acclaimed actor, deserving of respect and admiration. Robert De Niro, are you talking to me? I don't see anyone else here. <laughs> Who in the H-E double hockey sticks are you talking to, if not me? <laughs> Pence is taking shots at the ex-pres and telling zingers for a reason, according to his top advisor. Mike is in a different place where he can sort of be free and liberated. So he's not going to testify, but he's going to wear a Snoopy tie. <laughs> Last night was the Oscars, the uh, biggest night for movies on TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's TV's biggest night for movies other than when TBS airs Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> there were so many exciting wins last night. Michelle Yeoh made history by becoming the first Asian woman to win the Oscar for Best Actress. And Hollywood comeback kid Brendan Fraser took home Best Actor for his role in The Whale, as well as the award for Most Nautical Metaphors. I'm grateful to Darren Aronofsky for throwing me a creative lifeline and hauling me aboard the good ship, The Whale, that was written by Samuel D. Hunter, who is our lighthouse. Gentlemen, you laid your whale-sized hearts bare. I want to tell you that only whales can swim at the depth of the talent of Hong Chow. It's been like I've been on a diving expedition on the bottom of the ocean. Okay, it was really a lovely moment, but I got a quick question. Um, did Brennan watch his own movie? Because <laughs> I did, and it wasn't about uh, having fun on the high seas. Uh, I also love tar, uh, all that hot, sticky tar, really <laughs> swallowed the saber-toothed tiger and the mammoth. Uh, all quiet on the Western Front. Not a peep on that front, just shh. <laughs> the biggest winners, biggest winners of the evening were friends of the show, Daniels, who took home Oscars for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Original Screenplay for their film, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Mm. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful film. Absolutely beautiful film. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, or as your parents call it, we were confused. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Christina Ricci. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, my first guest tonight is an actor you know from the Adams Family, Monster, and Yellow Jackets. Hi. Guess who? It's Misty. Again. Third time today, actually. 
What is up with you and Shauna? Anyway, were you guys having like a spa day without me or something? <laughs> but seriously, I have evidence that Nat has met with foul play, so I could really use the support of my teammates. <laughs> Call me back. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Christina Ricci. <laughs> Between questions. There you go. There you go. It's Christina Ricci, everybody. Hi. Lovely to see you again. So nice to see you. Been too long. I know. Now, first season of Yellow Jackets uh, over on the Showtime, huge sensation. It's a huge sensation. Um, does success like that change the vibe on the set when you go to shoot season two? Yes. Is, yes. Yes, everybody was terrified. Yeah. You showed well, up, someone said, like, yay, it's good, we, we got a second like, oh, season. Sweet. Oh, yeah. no. Now we have to be oh, good. Oh, no. Yes. Yeah, there's been a lot of like hype and build up about how good everything is. I like to come in like with low expectations and then be like a, a pleasant surprise. <laughs> um, this is really killing that whole <laughs> mode for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was really scary. I mean, it's so wonderful to be so well received and the accolades and everything, but then you have to go back and do it again. Right. And, like, make sure that you're, you know, for me, I was like, okay, she's so specific, this character I play. Yes. And people picked out little things, like yeah. the way I walked. Yeah, you had, a, like, kind of a, you had a kind of like an interesting waddle. I did, but I was pregnant <laughs> at the time. So my walk was because I had a baby inside of me. <laughs> so when I went back to do season two, I was like, why can't I do the walk? And I was like, oh, damn it, I'm not pregnant anymore. <laughs> So there were like little things like that, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's it's intimidating. And um, the show comes out in two weeks, and uh, I just hope, I just hope it's good. <laughs> I, I hope everybody likes it. <laughs> you have a you, you, your character has a love interest in this new season. It's right. a, it's our old friend Elijah Wood. There you are. Yeah. This isn't the first time you guys have worked together. You were both in the ice storm. Yes. We were was 15. that was it fun to reunite? It was fun. I mean, I was so excited to work with him again. And, you know, we were 15 years old. We worked together originally. And yep. I remember everything, and he remembers nothing. Just like, <laughs> just like every man I've ever known. So, you know, it's great. <laughs> no, but Elijah is amazing. Sure. He's so, he's so fun. And, yeah. and most, a lot of, um, uh, most of the season for me was spent with Elijah in like mm -hmm. two man scenes, and yes. it was so fun to work with him. He's so good. We saw we we saw the clip just there, and your character is uh, passive aggressive, yes. very passive aggressive. I love it. Is that something that you enjoy? You oh you, yeah, you like? That? Well, I'm a very passive aggressive person Are personally. You? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm five foot two. I can't be openly aggressive. I'll get killed. So <laughs> I employ passive aggression all the time. Okay. You know? Sure. You can always say, like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I don't... Th I meant that. Like, I, you can always apologize, say right. they heard it wrong. Do you have, a, like, things you, like, you know, I'm from the South, people say, like, you know, well, bless your heart, or mm -hmm. I'll pray for you, or something like that. Yeah. Is, do you have any go-tos, things you like to do? To yes. I mean, if someone's standing too close to me in public, I'll, be, I'll say to them, like, oh, I'm sorry, did you need to stand here? <laughs> Which is, you know, whatever. Sure. And then um, I also will, at work, sing derisive... Uh, I'll sing a little derisive song to the tune of Frozen's Do You Want to Build a Snowman? <laughs> so, like, someone will do something annoying, and then I pr 
put lyrics to it, and it's to the tune of... Like someone took your last... Or I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do that myself. Thanks. You don't need to touch my... Oh, you need to touch my ankle. And then I'll sing a song about how they needed to touch my ankle to... Um, do you want to build a snowman? Because it sounds pleasant. Um, and it's so only can, if can they have really... Can I have an example? Can I have an example? I can't. I can't. Don't make me sing on your show. Wow. But you, use your imagination. So did you... Did you, did you need to touch my ankle? It basically That's goes it. like that. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you don't sing? You don't sing? I bet you have a lovely voice. No, I don't. You don't? <laughs> we have to take a quick break, but we will be back with more Christina Ricci, everybody. Don't go nowhere. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. I want to ask you about. Uh, I want to ask you about Wednesday, which yeah. is it was another sensation. <laughs> Obviously, everybody everybody remembers you as Wednesday Adams in, in Adams Family movies. It's such a fantastic performance. Well, there's a new there's a new generation. Yeah. There's a new generation embracing uh, Jenna Ortega, but also you're in the series as well. I am. You're Marilyn Thornhill. Mm -hmm. Tell me about Marilyn. Marilyn is the botany teacher at Nevermore Academy, um, where, you know, all the outsiders and, you know, children with supernatural talents yes. have, are going. Sure. Um, and she's the only, like, normie teacher, so she mm. doesn't have any supernatural skills. Turns out she's not as nice as she appeared to be in the beginning. Passive-aggressive. Sure, I was about to say. <laughs> Insanely passive-aggressive. Apple passive does not aggressive. fall far from the tree <laughs> yes. over here. How do you yeah. like? How do you think about people like rediscovering Wednesday Adams and, and loving that character? How's I it? think it's really fun. I mean, she's a great character. I mm -hmm. mean, if you think about role models for young people, like that's a great sure. character. She's empowered. She, she knows who she is. Yeah. She's never going to conform. Yeah. She's never going to try to be what everybody thinks she should be. She'll never change to please anyone. Mm. I mean, that's pretty great. Yeah. I agree. So. You've been working since you were just a kid, and you work with some amazing people, uh, Christopher Lloyd, Angelica Houston, Cher, um, just to name a few. Are, are there people out there, when you, were, when you were young, did anybody take you aside and say, hey, this is how show business works? Did anybody, like, try yeah. to educate you to how weird the business is yeah. and all, like, the... When I was nine, my first movie was Mermaids with Cher, and Cher oh, wow. literally answered every single question I ever had um, wanted me to always know what was going on. Uh, we had, we changed directors in the middle of filming. Yeah. And she didn't want me to feel scared or insecure, so she would have production meetings in her trailer and she would hide me in the back so I could hear everything that was going on. Wow. She felt like it was very important that even though I was a child, I still understood what was going on on did set. Did you, by listening, did you understand what the project was? I did, meant? and it made me, honestly, it made me feel more secure knowing that, because, Sometimes you think the problem is you. And I think she really wanted to make sure that I understood that there was chaos on the set, but it had nothing to do with me and all of this stuff. And it was, wow. it was really great. She was, everybody as wonderful as you think Cher would be. 
No, when when you do you ever like when you see people who are as young as you were at, at, at that time? Do you do you mentor them? Well, I, I tend to yes. If somebody asks me questions, I will absolutely give them answers. But a lot of times, like. The, the people playing the teenagers are actually 26 years old and been working since they were five, so they don't need my condescension, right. frankly. It's the Riverdale it's situation. It's the whole thing, yeah. Yes. It's like, people do ask me, like, oh, did you give your, you know, Samantha Hanratty plays young Misty, you ever given her advice? And I'm like, she's been working for, like, 15 years, and she's <laughs> 26, guys. Like, she doesn't need me. How old were you when you got started? When discovered? Seven. Seven, mm -hmm. and how did that happen? I was in a Christmas pageant, oh. and I was not cast as the lead, and I thought that you? was wrong. I was just one of the lead's friends. Okay. Because um, the lead part was written for a boy, and um, I didn't like that, and I provoked him into being naughty, which was hitting me. I got him to hit me, and I told the teacher, and then I got the part. Passive, aggressive. Yes. Well, uh, I, I know never to cross you. <laughs> Season two of Yellow Jackets premieres Friday, March 24th on Showtime. Christina Ricci, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you.